listening to Downworlder Dish, a Shadowhunter Chronicles podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 121, where we will be discussing chapter 11 in Clockwork Princess, Fearful of the Night. I'm Kristen. <laughs> I'm Robin. And I'm Amanda. That was very, like, radio host, like, Bob Barker. <laughs> Come on down! <laughs> Come on down! <laughs> oh... Well, I don't know if you guys have any uh, any little tidbits, but I'll just jump right in. If I sound nasally, I apologize. I've got the vid. <laughs> I'm the okay, macarona and cheese. It's mild. It's mild. I'm okay. I'm triple vaxxed, so we good. Right. Yeah. But, I'm glad yeah. you're feeling it. It's so crazy to think that no one in your house has gotten it, though. No, I'm the only one. I'm like, okay, me Lucky. and my shitty immune system. Like, yeah. Like, I do have a compromised immune system, so there is that, like, to contend with in that sense. But, like, seriously. I'm like, right. My my husband had a heart attack. Like, he has a compromised immune system, too, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I think that would count. I mean, not that I want him to get COVID, but, like... <laughs> Clearly not, but I don't. I just I'm shocked that it didn't happen. Yeah, it's crazy. But, yeah. <sighs> Luckily, my daughter is is good, and she she was with her dad um, when I got sick. So thank good goodness. Stuff. Yeah. Well, as a teenager, it's going to be very hard for her to spend time in her room. <laughs> yeah, it's so difficult. So difficult. She just constantly wants to be near me. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Clearly. Isolating will be traumatizing for her. Exactly. It will be. I'm sure it'll be. I'm sure she'll get over it. She might journal about it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. She might read a song. You never know. Yeah. <laughs> I've been listening to this cool band. Yeah. You probably wouldn't know them. It's The Cure. I've been listening to The Cure a lot. <laughs> she does that shit to me all the time. Because my daughter is me. And she's like, have you ever heard of Gojira? And I'm like, yeah, actually, I've seen him in concert. Thanks. I'm like, your mom was cool once. <laughs> Before you sucked all the fun out of me. <laughs> we were on our way to school drop off today. And my Audrey, my Audrey was asking me um, about my car that I was driving. And... Um, she said something about it, and I was like, this this car is literally as old as you are. I got it when you were, like, four months old. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it was because it's a Kia Soul, and it had, like, the speakers that changed color. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. And, uh, right. We all forgot about that. And she's like, how cool was that when you first got it? And I was like, it was lame, and it's still lame. Like, no. <laughs> and she's like, didn't your friends ever get in the car, and, like, you wanted to, like, listen to music and have, like, the lights on? Like, it was, a, like, a mini rave, basically. I didn't I was, like, even what know your car of- did that. Yeah, yeah, it does. Uh-huh. And I was with you when you like, bought it. Uh huh. <laughs> we know this. So I told her, I was like, "What part of this car is as old as you are? Or did you not like? I had a baby. Like, I don't have friends. <laughs> I, I took care of you. I did nothing." She's like, "You didn't even hang out with Amanda." And I was like, "Amanda and I weren't friends." And she was just like, <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> drama yeah she didn't work with my work and like anyway I was was trying to explain the whole thing to her but yeah just raving out with the lights and the Kia oh my gosh although I did spend your 21st birthday with you because we had mutual friends this is true yeah I was too young that's hilarious yeah (laughs) oh kids (laughs) love it Robin got in right under the right under the line of like the last day that there was smoking in bars in Oregon was her mm-hmm. birthday. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. This that's is true. Great. I never paid attention to that kind of stuff. I mean, oh, I noticed yeah. now that that's gone, but uh huh. Right. I, I couldn't imagine. I remember eating in like Sherry's right. by my house, and they're like smoking or not. Yeah. And my, we always sat in smoking because my mom smoked or yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. And but like, what's the difference really? Yeah, it's all the same. Yeah, it, Absolutely. You can still smell it. It's yeah. just someone's not going to be lighting up right next to you. Yeah. Uh-huh. So and my parents were... Oh, sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. They both were on a bowling league together. Oh and my so God, that's once so a, cool. 
once a week we'd go out and do bowling Uh uh-huh and they did what is it the malibu or whatever what is it where it's like they're pet they're special colored monte carlo monte carlo thank uh you i knew some kind of car name (laughs) yeah and they'd always smoke like we're just sitting there and like there's just smoke all over the bowling alley and stuff and they stopped once you couldn't smoke in the bowling alley that was it (laughs) (laughs) that was that was the the straw straw that that broke the camel the camel number nine, uh, 99. Oh, the camel 99. <laughs> oh, oh my god. Okay, sorry. Crazy. I'm no, no, done you're talking. Fine. You you know this about me, but um, so I it sounds from the research that I've done, apparently I have long COVID from um obviously it's only been like four weeks or whatever, mm-hmm. but um I have this weird side effect that I continuously off and on smell smoke. When there's no smoke there. And I can't pronounce the word. It's actually a word only 6% of people actually get something like this. They either smell like rotting meat, smoke, or there's a few like other things. That, so it smells all of a sudden. Suddenly I just feel like I am in a room full of smoke. And then it just dissipates and goes away after like a little bit or whatever. And um, the only place it actually feels better is like in the shower. Because I feel like I can actually breathe in there. I need to do the neti pot and actually do it, but I haven't yet. And it's been getting to the point where it's giving me headaches and stuff. It's really strange. But I'm sitting there telling my husband the other day, I'm like, this is what it felt like when I was a kid. My parents drove in the car with the windows up and smoked and stuff, smoked in the house. Like, it's weird that it's phasing me now, but. (laughs) Uh huh. The first time you, like, my mom didn't realize that she not she doesn't smell but you like if you smoke you, the smoke lingers on your clothes oh, or for whatever. sure yeah mm-hmm. <clears throat> was after my daughter was born because like i said something about because obviously we, we're not smoking around the baby or whatever and like mm-hmm. wash your hands when you do and i said something and i'm like if you wouldn't mind like just put a blanket on your clothes or whatever so like yeah, you yeah know. so she's not breathing and it she's, in. She's like, why? And I was like, well, because like, your clothes smell like cigarette smoke. Like, your house smells like cigarettes. She's like, what do you mean? And then, like, she finally was just like, oh, my God, it's, it reeks. Like, I didn't realize that it was a thing. Because you're just so used yeah. to it. Yeah. Crazy. Uh-huh. I can't do, like, my mom was, like, my mom didn't smoke in the house. But she smoked That's in the car nice. with the windows rolled up, pretty much. Of course. Like, there was a crack, <laughs> right? I'm like, what's the difference, mom? Like, this is worse. I'm in yeah. a smaller space. Like, what well, are you the doing? crack is so the ash can go outside. Exactly. It's, the not, for the it's not for Fuck your benefit. Because God yeah. forbid the rain get on my mom's hair. Uh-huh. <laughs> my grandma was the worst. She was the worst. But my mom never smoked it. She didn't like smelling like she was like the perfume, uh-huh. like get rid of it, wash your hands, lotion. Like she was uh-huh. really not about that because her parents smoked in the house. And uh-huh. so she's like, I smoke, but I don't smoke in the house. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember I was in labor with Bryn, and my mom came in the room, and I could smell her. Like, she walked in the room, and I could smell it. And I remember Bryn's dad was, like, so scared because I signed. I didn't talk because I was in so much pain. I was, like, in the middle of a contraction. And I signed to my mom, and I'm like, get the fuck out of the room. And <laughs> Bryn's dad was like, whoa, what was, I've never seen you like that. I was like, I could fucking smell her. I'm like, tell her to go wash her hands and take off her clothes. Like, I can't. It was so bad. That's amazing. Did Was she able to change or at least smell better? She took off her jacket and like went go. and washed her hands and stuff. Yeah. Well, because it was like she had just gone outside and then just walked in. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, the hospitals, like, they smell clean. So, like, you can smell when it's Yeah, there's else. no other uh-huh. smell to offset it. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. But I'm so glad that you're not smelling rotten meat. I know. That would be awful. Yeah. And what's weird is I never lost my sense of smell or taste. So it was just random about, like, I don't know, maybe a week and a half, two weeks ago. I was like, God, I can't stop smelling smoke. And finally I went to work. Because I was like, maybe it's just my house or something. I don't know. So I went to work and I asked Robin. I'm like, it smells like smoke in here. She's like, no. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. So I started Googling it. Yeah, apparently it's COVID. It's and like it's trauma to your nerves and stuff. It could it could be forever. I don't know. Oh, Olifactory hallucinogies. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's like famonosis or something like I don't know. 
I'd have to look it up. But yeah, that's so there's, crazy. there's a name for it. It's a thing, which makes me feel good. Like I'm not like it's not a brain tumor, probably because right. I had trauma. You're like, I'm not from stroking COVID. out. I smell yeah. toast. Uh huh. <laughs> I was worried about that when we lost our sense of smell and taste. Like it sometimes it doesn't come back. Uh huh. I'm like, how awful. Yep. I bought I like had that issue yet. $100 Thank worth goodness. of Bath and Body Works candles. What am I supposed <laughs> to do with that, man, if I can't smell them? <laughs> this is such a waste of money. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, no, I've been like putting, I've, I, I almost just said I've been putting things in my mouth all day. <laughs> I've been tasting things all day to like make sure my, I was like, is it gone? No, I can taste mm-hmm. that. I know what that is. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's my, my sister-in-law fear. said she gained weight during COVID because she kept trying to get her taste back. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, good stuff. Oh. Anyone got anything else? Mm-mm. No? All right. Well, what do you guys say? We uh, cut the chit chat and kick things off with Robin's recap. Previously on Downworld or Dish. Cecily is being a mouth breather, <laughs> hanging out by Jim's door because she's desperately needing to talk to her bro jam. Gabriel runs into her in the hall and gives her the pair of bow tie bond lecture, but eventually is convinced to go in and summon Master Herondale. Mm-hmm. Will starts emotionally dumping on Cecily and she cuts through his serving of gloom pudding to tell him that she knows where Morty McFly is hiding. And it's in, what, what did we just say? Kadar? Kadar? Kadar. Kadar. I think that's yeah. what they say in the. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't come at me. I'm American. Uh, thank you. Yeah. <clears throat> And it's in Wales. <laughs> I, I don't think any Welsh person ever expects anyone to pronounce anything correctly Uh that's fair that's fair yeah will of course tell charlotte who gets the console over and guess what guys literally gives no shits about cecily's idea he's against charging into the mountains to find mortmain because number one he's a total dick and number two he clearly doesn't care about tessa on his way out he makes a detour to find gabriel sulking behind the stables he works to strike a deal with the youngest Lightwood, telling him that he can't tell his older brother that he wants him to tell him lies, tell him sweet little lies. All in the, the um, heart of destroying Charlotte's career once and for all. Back inside, Will meets with Magnus, who he called not to use his powerful warlock skills with a Z, but because he needs a friend who can help him deal with the grief of losing Jem. Magnus has some beautiful words and convinces Will to go after Tessa, telling him that he would stay back with Jim and try to find something that would potentially prolong his life until he got back. Unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you want to look at it, Will and Magnus basically didn't do the equivalent of making sure your phone is off before talking shit. And Jimothan totally shy of surprise the shit out of Will while he was saying goodbye and was like, I know what you did last summer. Why did Magnus say you're crushing on my boo? Oh so my gosh, I got awkward. chills. Yep. Are they multiplying? Yes, they are. Actually, they're okay, down good. to my legs now. <laughs> Don't lose control, Amanda. Okay. Oh, you guys. I tried, but my section is very heavy. Okay? It's uh-huh. not yeah. funny. So show. It is very fucking heavy. I cried three times writing this. There's a lot of reading from the book because of that. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I have a couple quotes, too. (laughs) So we pick up immediately where we left off with Jem waiting for Will's answer. They're staring at each other, like, and it's described as, like, the two young men stared into each other's eyes. Like, they're having, like, a full conversation. Mm -hmm. Silently. And... There's this, like, giant question hanging in the air. And Will likens it to, like, the calm before a battle. Like, oh, no. Uh This is going to be so bad. But he gets a little bit of a reprieve. Sort of. Jem coughs, staining, blood staining his fingers. And he seems kind of confused. Like, he seemed sharp just a couple seconds ago. And now he's, like, a little disoriented. 
And he changes the subject and asks Will if he was, like, dreaming. And so Will's going through, like, the gamut of emotions with this idea that he might be able to, like, pull one over on on Jem and be like, yeah, it was all a dream. Like the he's gonna the most small all a dream. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but instead of just coming out with it, he asks for clarification, which is smart. Okay, can we that circle is a, back? That is a smart move. You're like, wait a minute. I don't want to give anything away. Right. <laughs> Let's ask more questions first. What do you know? Reply. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what do you? <laughs> exactly. It's a good thing Will asked because Jem was talking about the battle in the courtyard, Jasmine's death, and then Tessa's kidnapping. Like, was that a dream? Will mm-hmm. confirms that no, it was real. Uh, but he tries to reassure Jem that, like, Mortmain doesn't want to hurt Tessa. So, like, we don't have to worry too much, right? Right. I don't Which, believe it, but you should. Right. Do yeah. as I say, not as I do. Exactly. My like, mom used to, that was her mantra growing up. Uh, I heard that so many times. What? What? Say that again? What? Wait. I'm a hypocrite. Do as I say, not as I do. Oh. <laughs> That's yeah. the worst. Uh-huh. At least she owned it, though. <laughs> I guess. There was no denying. Preface. I guess. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it, like, it made me, like, at least I respected what she said about it. <laughs> yep. So, um, oh, where am I? Oh, oh, okay. So, like, I appreciate Will's sentiment here, but, like, I really don't think that's going to factor in for Jem at this moment. Like, he's like, yeah, she, he's not going to kill her, but what else is he going to do to her? Like... Mm-hmm. Well, and Will says himself that, like, he's basically, I just going to repeat what Charlotte said. Yep. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm going to give him the Charlotte do. talk. Yeah. Yeah. And what's an, it's funny because he hated it when Charlotte said that to him. And then he, like, but, like, it, what do you do? Yep. What do you do? Yep. So Jem insists that they have to find her. But he's so weak that even trying to sit up in bed sends him into, like, a bloody coughing fit. So I want... I want to read the description of, like, what happens next because I feel like it's super telling to, like, and sets the tone for the rest of it. Uh, Will held Jem's frail and shaking shoulders until the coughing ceased to rack his frame. Uh, Then took one of the damp claws from the bedside table and began to clean Jem's hands. When he reached to wipe the blood off of his parabatized face, Jem took the cloth gently from his grasp and looked at him gravely. I am not a child, Will. The emotional fucking weight of that exchange and, like, just knowing that Will is – he just wants to help in any way he can, right? Like, mm-hmm. he's, he's at a loss. He There's nothing he can do other than just, like, try to comfort him and help him in any way. And Jem has spent years – begging the people that they that he loves and the people in his life to not treat him like an invalid like treat me like I can handle myself or whatever and Will was always the person that did that for him and Uh supported him when he needed support but without overstepping that boundary and I think now that Jem is getting progressively weaker and he knows that he's close like this isn't like he's not gonna live very much longer and he knows Uh it's that acceptance of like am I going to accept the help that I actually need or am I still going to like try to put on a brave face and Mm -hmm. like he's clearly trying to be like okay like there's my boundary like this is Uh sensitive whatever but like the the deeper emotional meeting for both of them there is Uh so fucking traumatic I'm like what do you like how heartbreaking that must be it's like Absolutely. losing a spouse mm-hmm. and taking care of them when they're sick and you know towards the end and you know it's coming and it's like that that in between of like you don't want them to go but you don't want them to suffer uh-huh you know yeah. well especially i'm sure there's no palliative care for him right Right, just, like, whatever magic they can give him, I guess, to, like, keep him comfortable. Uh Uh-huh. But uh, we get kind of pulled from that moment pretty quickly because uh, (laughs) 
without warning, Jem drops a bombshell. He didn't forget. He definitely heard Magnus say that Will was in love with Tessa, and he wants answers. Oh, shit. To to Will's credit, he doesn't even hesitate, and he actually tells the truth. Even going as far as to tell Jem that he told Tessa he loved her. Uh, I know. I freaked out for a second. (laughs) I feel like that was not something that you needed to say, but like... (laughs) I think honestly, well, he explains it so well. Like she, she loves you. He needs to die knowing she loves you. I told her yeah. and she doesn't, she didn't give a shit. Uh-huh. Yeah. No. Yeah. Like it's, it was probably the right call, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. But I mean, still. okay, look, <laughs> That's I don't know how long this, but like he didn't tell the whole truth. He did not. Why? He didn't say they made out and stuff. Is that what you mean? Oh, no. So he yeah. basically, he says to Jim, I don't know if I'm cutting you off. And if I am, I'm being very, I'm very no, 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 sorry. But he says, like, I confessed my love to her. And then I never spoke of it again. You, like, oh, yeah. started to do it literally oh, just that day. that's true. That's true. Both literally that yeah. day. Yeah, that's true. He did. He did. He did. And so it that's was basically, fair. like... He, he told the a truth. partial truth. Yeah. Right. The, the truth that a dead, a dying man needs to know. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, Will was quick to reassure Jem that Tessa never wavered for him from him. Quote. That's a quote. Uh, but Jem needed a bit more info. Uh, Will explains that his uh, confession of love was made before he knew that Tessa and Jem were engaged. Like, he didn't even know. He didn't even know that Jem was into Tessa. He's like, how did you know? Oh my God. I like that he explains that. I don't know if you get there, obviously, but he explains yeah. how he didn't notice it. Yeah, he's like, he's like, I probably should have, but I was like so obsessed with myself. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, yep. a Herondale <laughs> obsessed with themselves. <laughs> like she had to point Shocker. it out because it was so annoying that he couldn't see it. She had to give us a reason. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. And uh, Jem starts to ask if, like, is this, like, some, is this, like, your flavor of the week situation? But he must see a, a look on Will's face because he's like, nope, guess not. Like, got it. Roger that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so because Jem is Jem, he apologizes and starts to be like, like, I would have, if I would have known, like, I would have done something different. And Will cuts him off. He's like... It's probably the most mature thing Will has ever said. <laughs> but he says, uh, quote, and broken both our hearts or bro- both your hearts. How would that have benefited me? You are as dear to me as another half of my soul, Jem. I could not be happy while you were unhappy. And Tessa, she loves you. She loves you. What sort of awful monster would I be delighting in causing the two people I love most in the world agony simply that I might have the satisfaction of knowing that if Tessa cannot be mine, she could she could not be anybody's. Now, that's what I was talking about. That's the most mature Ooh. thing I've ever heard Will say. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow. Like, it's it's a pretty common, like, sentiment, like, Uh Oh, I'm not going to be like, oh, if I can't have you, nobody can. Mm -hmm. But the way he said it, like, tells you that he has the emotional maturity to understand what he's saying. Yeah. He channeled his inner car stairs. Yeah. He really did. He was like, what would Uh Jem do? Yeah. (laughs) WWJD has nothing to do with Jesus. It's all Jem. (laughs) Yeah. Clearly. He is the OG. uh, Or not the OG. JC. <laughs> on the seventh day, the God created Jim. Yeah. When I when I drop or when, when I like stub my toe or something, I'm just gonna start saying Jim Carstairs. Like that's gonna be my new swear. <laughs> Jim, it. damn it! <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. I like it. Oh, that's great. So they go back and forth. Um, assuming quite a bit of guilt for not realizing that the other was in love with Tessa. Um, but the love fest is short-lived because they've got bigger fish to fry. All right. <sighs> Jem, Jem comes out of left field and he's like, he's like, yeah, like I feel bad for your pain, but um, I'm super glad you love her. 
<laughs> and Will's like, uh, um, not expecting that. Mm-hmm. Okay, why? Let's unpack this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, hmm. Jem's response is fucking perfect. He's like, yeah, it's going to make it a lot easier for me to convince you to go and save her if you love her. Duh, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it's nice to know that the person that you're leaving behind, they they potentially could be happy together. And if you're literally dying, you want those people to be happy. You're not. Jealousy is not on your mind. Right. I would. And even even if it if it doesn't come to be like. As we see later in later in this section, like even even if he his intention or his thought isn't like, oh, you guys are going to be like romantically perfect together. Like he wants them to support each other. Like he needs them. He needs to know that they're going to continue to be in each other's lives and be supportive because Mm -hmm. he feels like he's, you know, leaving them without that support if he's gone, Uh you know? Yeah. So. So Will is hesitant to leave Jem now that he's awake. He's like, but like, I was only going to leave you when you were already asleep. Like, I thought you were going to be in coma forever. <laughs> like, but you're awake yeah. and we, we can like play games and stuff. So yeah. Scrapple. Yeah. Uno. Categories. <gasps> Categories. They argue about the nuances of their vows, much like a married couple. Like they're really like, they're, they're nitpicking the words. It's a little ridiculous. And Will's arguing to stay and Jem's pleading for him to go. Um, there's this one little quote that I want to read for you. Uh, Jem cried out with all his remaining strength. You cannot go where I am going, nor would I want that for you. And Will's reply is, neither can I walk away and leave you to die. And then when, yeah. when Will says that, he's like, fuck, I just said like the like the taboo word that he's been avoiding saying like you know you don't uh-huh. want to talk about death it was like he said you know and when death we are all we have a name mm-hmm. that name Paulson. is robert paulson <laughs> <laughs> yes clearly it was exactly like that yeah <laughs> his name is robert paulson oh my god we are nerds oh my god <laughs> You're like this. This chapter is really sad. It is, but let's just let's fight the best it up. of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that line, Jem cried out with all his remaining strength. Like, I started bawling. Mm-hmm. I was like, I can't, because you know, like you can envision what that looks like, right? Like, uh-huh. and it's horrible because Jem is such a great character, and he's such a beloved, like. There's a reason why he's perfect. It's because he's dying, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, right. They're like, it's not fair to give a, a dying person like, flaws. <laughs> he's got to be perfect. He's an angel. It's perfect, perfect, perfect. Yeah. So Jem's desperate now, imploring Will to understand that he's the only one who can be trusted to get the job done. Okay. Jem is too weak um, to go after Tessa, and the Clave certainly isn't going to move to rescue her. Like, that's just not going to happen. Uh-huh. Will is their only hope. For real. <laughs> Obi-Will Kenobi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Jem asks Will to be his eyes, his hands, his heart when it's done beating, and mm. be there for, for Tessa. Which... Wh- Listen, I appreciate someone, a character being poetic, but like Jem really, let's reel it back in a little bit. This is a little much. Like, are you trying to make this the most unbearable thing? (laughs) Trying to traumatize us emotionally? Okay. Absolutely. 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 Yes. Absolutely. So, um. So Will's arguments become feeble, and he knows he's lost. Like, he's like, all right, this is not going to work. Will stands to leave, um, and he says he says to James, if there's a life after this one, let me meet you in it, James Carstairs. Like, excuse me while I go weep. Yep. <laughs> this was like, like, I thought 
like the fail and farewell like sorry hail mm-hmm. and farewell was sad mm-hmm. uh-huh. i was like oh my god he's just gonna leave him there like what that this is worse yeah it's so much worse because they're yeah. both they're, they're both so acutely aware that this is the last time they will probably have a conversation yeah. and that is like fuck and will uh-huh. even says like he knows that he'll feel it when jem goes like mm-hmm. he'll feel it in his parabatai rune which is like uh-huh. could you imagine like no that anticipation of just waiting because you know it's coming yeah fuck uh-huh all right so i'm gonna i'm gonna read this last little bit in this section because it's essentially will and Jem saying goodbye to each other for the final time so you're gonna get it read to you uh I think there is hope for you yet, Will Herondale. I will try to learn how to have it without you to show me. Tessa, Jem said. She knows despair and hope as well. You can teach each other. Find her, Will, and tell her that I love her always. My blessing for all that it is worth is on you both. Their eyes met and held. Will could not bring himself to say goodbye or to say anything at all. He only gripped Jem's hand one last time and released it and then turned and walked out the door. Can you not? Yep. Can you fucking Literally not? Can't. It's just, it's so, it's not okay. Um, I will never emotionally recover from this. Yeah. <laughs> no. And everyone knows it. Like, we we talked about this with with the very in the very beginning, right of this book. We were like, this book is the devil. It's gonna destroy yes. us. It's holding up. Uh huh. That's why There's it's my no, second I can't, favorite. I can't. Oh God, fuck. Yeah. I love Jim. I just want to protect him at all costs. Uh-huh. Um. This is, I don't know. I, I am still, even after all of this, I am still a Will, Team Will. But I still, they're amazing together. It's heartbreaking. I'm uh-huh. honestly, more than anything, I'm Team Will and Jem than I am anyone with Tessa. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't dislike Tessa. I just prefer that duo better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Okay, well, we jump over to um, outside, and Will is in the stables um, readying the horse for his rescue adventure. And while he's out there, he's, um, like, admiring how clean Cyril keeps this place. And he makes a mental (laughs) note to tell Charlotte what a great job Cyril's doing, which (laughs) is sweet, but also, like, has to hammer in. Remember, he's the help. Got to make sure that he gets a a good review. Why do you uh-huh. not go out there that often? It's just, I guess Cyril takes care of everything, but it's weird. I don't know. It is weird because there's not like a ton, like if there was a ton of them, like yes. it would make more sense to me. But like, there's really only like nine people living under this roof. Like including the help. <laughs> exactly. What like you would think you that there would be like a day. crossing of duties and shit, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Like, you don't ever just, like, mosey on out there and feed the horses or something. Like, it's just strange. Right? It's weird to not just be like, I'm going to go take a ride. Yeah. Right? Maybe they do. Maybe they don't have time. Oh, see, all of a sudden I'm smelling smoke. So weird. <laughs> anyway, maybe <laughs> maybe they don't have time because they're constantly shadow fighting, hunting. Oh, I guess maybe, okay, to be fair... Since Cyril has been there, things have been a little crazy. Yeah, that's true. I guess that's true. He hasn't been there that yeah. long. Yeah. Okay, that makes me feel better. Thank you. Okay, like a so progress um, report. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like your ninety Stable days is, is coming up. <laughs> Stable report. Stable report. I had to give those when I was a kid. Just kidding. This is my main name. <laughs> Okay, so Will did not pull a Kristen and write a list just to have a list. So he's like mentally checking off his list, okay, which does not work for me. I need to see it in writing. 
That is a recipe for disaster. Oh, I write it and then don't look at it again. Oh, Same. Oh, I have to check things uh-huh. off. It makes me feel so accomplished to check things off of a list. I have I never looked at completed. it before. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I've like, never completely like checked off everything on a checklist ever. Oh, but I make them. Ever. I make. I'll them. like go to the grocery store or whatever, and then I don't look at the list while I'm shopping. At the mm. very end, I'm like check all off to see what I got in the cart, and if I missed anything, I'll go back Crazy. for it. Crazy. Which really drives my husband bonkers, uh-huh. and I don't know why. You don't <laughs> want to take a shopping cart full of stuff seven aisles down to where you just were. Yeah. <laughs> With two children. I mean, uh-huh. I feel like that's an unreasonable for him. Like, yeah. what are you doing? Like, of course. Uh-huh. There's always something, right? Yep. Yep. <laughs> I always feel like I'm in the way because I'm constantly looking at my list. So. Anyway. I just order online. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. Click list is I everything. And I'm like, even when I go in the store, I use my click list that I've been keeping to me. That's my new list. <laughs> Because it's in my cart. Dude, uh-huh. as soon as they said that shit was free, I was like, I'm never doing that again. Nope. <laughs> like, guess what? I don't have to go grocery shopping anymore. <laughs> well, I'm sure that's why they've kept it free. I bet they're getting a lot of business from it. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. It's an amazing feature. Like, Target doesn't charge for it either. It's pretty cool. Uh-huh. <sighs> okay, so back to the lists. Sorry. <laughs> Will, nope. <laughs> Will is mentally going over everything that he brought, which includes a clean shirt. Because a gentleman always needs one, he notes, just uh-huh. in case. Um, extra weapons, food, and mundane money, which is interesting to me because I've never heard of anyone, any shadow hunter, refer to it as mundane money before. So, uh huh. It also doesn't make any sense because it's never established that there's a shadow hunter currency. It's, that's exactly. And what I'm we thinking. know that everyone gets paid by the clave. That's right. what I was like, is is money foreign to them? Do they have a different currency? Is like, and we're like six books in here. So she obviously had a plan when she said this. Right? Muggle money. Yeah. Whatever. So I don't know. It's an interesting thing that I caught that I was just like, oh, okay. I read yeah. it, but I didn't think anything of it because I just crossed my cross contamination. Yep. My <laughs> fandom. So I was like, oh, that checks. <laughs> But it doesn't, because, like, right, what are you getting paid in? <laughs> yeah, because I'm just, like, maybe maybe back then they didn't use money for shadow hunters. They just traded things. I don't know. It's interesting. I doubt well, Then how is Benedict so rich? Yeah. That's like, a good point. Uh-huh. Goblins didn't build his house for him. Right. He would right? have been like, <laughs> We should Google this and yeah. report next I'm, week. I'm on the wiki right now. Thank you. Okay. I'll go on. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So as he's getting ready to head out, um, Cecily enters stage right, and she's barefoot, and of course she's wearing a beautiful cloak, and I'm just like, uh-huh. a dream, and yeah. she's in the stables, and I'm just like, oh my God, I can just totally picture it. Anyway, she tells Will that, um, oh, Will tells her that she shouldn't be dressed like this out, like, out of your bedroom, because, and I quote, there are light woods wandering these halls. <laughs> 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 He's such a I'm big brother. I'm gonna light you up tonight. <laughs> so she just ignores that and she asks him if um, he's gonna be he's going to look for more yin fen. But she quickly realizes that he's actually going to look for Tessa. So she's like, all right, I'm in. Let's go. Let me let me get this other horse. And basically, he's like, um, I love that for you, but no. Okay. <laughs> like, girl, you're barefoot. But no, that's not his reason. She reminds him that the carriage that took Tessa was led by automaton horses. And I'm like, what? Oh. When did we find that out? Just now. It's very interesting. I'm wondering if the carriage is like, is it a pumpkin too? Yes, <laughs> probably. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't know. Like horses. Were it's taught, canon it's... now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. That's very interesting. But um, he doesn't expect, Will doesn't expect to catch up with the carriage, obviously. He has a horse and it's a it's a good horse, but it's no robot. So he, uh, um, he hopes that he just, because he knows where they're headed, he hopes that he just arrives before it's too late to save Tessa. 
Before it's not too late to <laughs> No, before it's too late, he's over it. He just wants to rub her nose in it. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, before it's not too late. <laughs> so Cecily pleads with him, like, let me go with you after, you know, I just got here after all these years of us being apart and you're already leaving me again. Like, WTF, mate. Rude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's a little, yeah. That's yeah. rough. So um, she threatens to go wake up everybody up in the house if he doesn't let her go with him. She's throwing a little tantrum. A little bit. And um, I'm going to read this part because it's so thoughtful and wise beyond his years. I feel like this chapter, we're getting a really mature will. Okay. Uh huh. He says, I need to know that you are here and as safe as you can be, or I cannot leave. I cannot fear for Tessa ahead on the road and you behind me, or the feel- fear will break me down. Already, too many that I love are in danger. I'm just like, that is such a good point. Like, he's worrying about getting to Tessa in time, but the whole time he'd be worrying about slowing down so that. Cecily could catch up and making sure she's safe on the road alone because basically he's just like you know how to ride a horse but not a shadow hunter horse exactly you can't keep up with me yep you're not trained on this horse so you would be really slow yeah Uh (sighs) uh-huh it's very sweet and I like it a lot another check mark in team will just kidding (laughs) so instead of being upset stay with me here Cecily tells him that Tessa had told her that he had called out for Cecily when he was sick. Remember? (laughs) I heard you've been thinking about me. Yeah. (laughs) So they talk about like his leaving their their home and how Cecily always thought shadow hunters were monsters. So she'd always imagined that she would come to the shadow hunters someday and pretend to be like super into it. And then she'd be able to convince Will to come home. Obviously, that Mm -hmm. didn't happen. (laughs) Her dream came true. She did come there, but um, that didn't happen. So he explains that he can't go home because he's a shadow hunter. Like, it's in my blood. It's it's what I love, whatever. And he can see that she is super into the shadow hunter life now, too. And that she has found what I typed a palace. (laughs) But it is a place (laughs) where she belongs. Like, obviously, she feels at home here, too. And she understands now why he can't go home. And uh-huh. um, so it's not about Jim. It's not about anything. Exactly. Else. Like- yeah. Well, and, and part of what he says is she's like, why you came here once you found out that your curse was done? Like, why didn't you leave? And he did say it was Jim. Like he started kind of saying Jim and then they kind of go back and forth about a lot of it. But I, I think it was the whole package, obviously. Hogwarts is my home. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so she asks again if she can go with him. Like she's poking the bear, bro. <laughs> Come on, just let me go, whatever. That's such a little sibling thing. Like, I'll just keep asking until you say yes. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. This checks. (laughs) Yeah, this checks. Cassandra Clare must have a little sister. Yeah. (laughs) So he's like, I can't allow you to be in danger, even if you hate me for it. And Cecily says, don't be so dramatic, Will. Must you always (laughs) insist that people hate you when they obviously don't? And I am just like, bro, this is my husband. I love him. But I'm constantly just like, I'm not attacking you, okay? I'm literally joking or whatever it is. Like, come on. Don't be so dramatic. My little drama queen. (laughs) But it's true. And then he, they make jokes and Will's like, yeah, I could have basically like been on Broadway sort of thing. Like, I am dramatic. If I wasn't a shadow hunter, I would have been an actor. Like, this is awesome. And um, so she makes him promise um, to come home. Or she asks him to promise that he'll come home. And he's like, you know I can't do that. Like, I'm not going to make that promise to you. But he does agree that when or if he comes home, he will go with her to visit their parents and tell them why he left. And, like, apologize for the way he left and everything. So, because at this point, it sounds like, I mean, do we even know, did Cecily tell them she was leaving? Or did she just ghost also? I think she might have just kind of been like, she might have left a note. But I think she I just kind of. If she left a note, they would have come looking for her like they did Will. But maybe well, not because Will's already there. She's, well, Will was twelve. That's fair. And she's like fifteen. So uh-huh. like maybe they were like, well, we already knew that that wasn't gonna, that didn't work with Will, so it's probably not right. gonna work with uh-huh. Cecily. <laughs> and I imagine that Cecily is. Her parents are very aware that she does whatever the fuck she wants. Yeah, she's and strong. Right, yeah. Does not, does not listen to other people. 
<laughs> my three-year-old is already there. Oh my god, I'm in trouble. <laughs> I know. I know what they're going through. Okay, got it. <laughs> I have a three-nager. Oh, a three-nager. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so he agrees to go with her, whatever. And before he leaves, he gives her the demon ruby necklace. I don't know what to call it, but that's what it is. And she literally says, oh, your lady's necklace. (laughs) And I laughed so hard. Out loud, alone. (laughs) Dude, peak little sibling. Peak. Uh, Yep. Like you might never see each other again, so you got to get that last roast. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, you gotta she literally said, like, yeah, it never really suited you anyway. So give me. <laughs> yeah, give me. Okay, so, so he gives her a rundown of the necklace, and then he, he just leaves. Like, he tells her what well, it does. Just to, like, not that people haven't read it, but I'm just going to say it, because whatever. Um, Basically, he tells her, like, if I don't come back, like, you're invested now. Like, you've bought into the Shadowhunter yep. lifestyle, so I know you're never going to leave. So if you take this necklace, then I'll know you're safe because it'll keep you, like, it'll tell you when demons are nearby and it'll mm-hmm. keep you safe. Yep. So, like, let me bestow this upon to thee. Exactly. Yes. Um, I have an answer about the money. Ooh. Tell me. Okay. So, um, the answer is, uh, some Shadowhunters hold positions within the clave or run institutes and they are, uh, compensated in varying amounts, uh, for this work. Others lift off spoils or treasure from the demons they kill or the fortunes their ancestors made killing demons. Uh, they stay pretty much completely separate from mundane economy. Uh, Shadowhunters don't have their own currency. They have credits that can be drawn against or use almost any world cu- currency. Uh, the Nephilim acquire mundane currency in a few different ways. They have access to it via coexistence with humans all over the world. Um, in a tight spot, they could sell valuables at a pawn shop or a flea market in whatever region huh. they need currency for, like Jocelyn does in uh, Shadow or in City of Bones. Um, and then mundane institutes tithe to the Nephilim. Um, but it doesn't like it mentions that like oh. We, t- you know, in this in this book, you know, it's said that that uh, uh, mundane institutes tithe to the Nephilim. But then there's like nothing else uh-huh. listed here. Uh-huh. I'm going to I'm going to be honest. I feel like this is a half assed world building. Yeah. Bullshit. Like this uh-huh. is I, I didn't think about the economy and I just wrote this in here and. I'm not really like this is a half ass answer because yeah. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. So people get paid, but on credit on what the tithings. Right. Credits, but, but then, like, well, OK, so they're basically saying that like shadow hunters use like a credit system, like a ledger system, like paperless currency uh-huh. or whatever. Crypto. To, yeah. Right. But where does that come? So, OK, so that would be fine if it was just like totally internally. But what about all the money that comes in from the tithing? That's all mm-hmm. going to be in world currency. So that just gets hoarded away uh-huh. in like a in, a in a dragon's lair? Like what the yeah. fuck? Well, in in uh, one of the, I don't know, City of Bones or something, um, Jace uses money to pay for a taxi and stuff. So obviously right, like, they have they it. Have, yeah, they have access to it. So that's silly to say that it's completely separate, mm-hmm. that they're completely separate uh-huh. from mundane economy. Like – They have to get money from somewhere. Yep. At least it's a small, like, she did so much, like, building of other stuff. Like, No, yeah, yeah. it is. It is. I just, this is. I agree. I wish she wouldn't have mentioned it so we didn't have to think about it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. We can cut it. (laughs) What? I said we can cut it if we want. (laughs) No, I just mean, I just wish she didn't so we didn't have to pick it apart. But it gives us something to talk about. And it wasn't in the book. Yeah. Then we wouldn't have had to, like. Out of out of sight, out of mind. Yep. <clears throat> okay, guys. Tessa is we're okay. We're flashed. We've transported, transcended the portal of books, <laughs> and it's Tessa. And I was gonna make up a long name for her, but it's just Teresa. So I don't know why I was gonna do that. I was gonna say Tessa Sandra. Tessa. Anyway. Me. 
got so excited I knocked my microphone over. Tassandra. 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 Yep. She's woken up from a nightmare to find that she's laid, like, basically it says, like, childlike. So I'm assuming, like, child's pose, sort of, whatever, Mm -hmm. on a bench seat of this big carriage with windows that are covered by dark fabric. And the seat is stabbing into her. And as Kristen always reminds us, she's in yards of fabric and bindings and a corset and like all this stuff. So she's got to be super uncomfortable. So many layers. Yeah. Yeah. And across from her on the other side of the carriage is this hooded figure, super creepy. And she has this feeling sick to her stomach. And so she tries to do some deep breaths to calm her nausea. But the nasty old man copy breath in the carriage is just not working. It's not doing it for her. And can we just take a moment to... Yeah. Yep. It's like stale, nasty, breathy, like... Ugh. Nope. Nope. I'm jumping right out the window. Fuck you guys. She's sweaty. She's covered in sweat. Her hair is tumbled all down in her face. And I bet her sleeves are even touching her wrists. (laughs) <laughs> so like my oh sensory like, overload normal. Has... no it's it's icky it's icky her sensory overload has got to be like ex- exponentially making things worse to a factor of like 10 okay yeah she's kidnapped gonna go you know taken to a second location but like just the fact of being that uncomfortable is just no and so the hooded figure asks if she's going to be sick because chloroform does that to people sometimes. I was right. It's chloroform. <laughs> so <laughs> glad. So glad you've done it enough to know that. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> does this smell chloroformy to you? I think I made that joke yeah. last time. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, of course, this disembodied voice belongs to Mrs. Black. And at the time of the encounter at the Institute, Tessa had like, She'd really been like this fight or flight like situation. Like so she didn't really get a good look at her. And it says that her lips are sagging and there's black veins in her face and her skin has a green tint in it, which unrelated. <laughs> I learned something today. Apparently green skin on potatoes is a no no because okay. it means like they're toxin. Yeah. And I didn't know that. And then in that brain space, like, it made me think of the Santarans from Doctor Who. And so for the rest of this chapter, all I could think was that she looked like Strax. And I just put a picture in here Thank so you, you are visually aware of what's happening in my brain. This it is looks amazing. like a thumb. A thumb with I a recommend face. everyone Googles this person. You said Strax? Yeah. S- uh, maybe I'll T- post a picture. Yeah, there you go. She'll post Instagram. it in the group. For sure. Yeah. I just, so now that's all I'm imagining her looking like is a potato mm-hmm. person. Potato. And um, you can just sit with that for the rest of this chapter, okay? Because it makes things a lot more delightful. Uh, I like <laughs> that the quote even says, you're the potato one. Yeah. On the image. Uh-huh. <laughs> Fully aware that she is a cliche. Tessa asks where the secondary location they're headed to is. And of course, Mrs. Black just says like Mortmain with no other details. <laughs> and Tessa pulls the curtains back, which means her arms aren't like her hands aren't bound. Uh-huh. Um, and so she's basically trying to see if she can see anything familiar um, with the surroundings. But it's bupkis. <laughs> then she tries to open the carriage door, which, of course, is locked. And I'm just like, come on, Tessa. But like. Good on her for trying. Like, what if it wasn't? Yeah, she just walks out. You know? Yeah. NBD. <laughs> yeah. Bye. <laughs> and Mrs. Black's Black tells her, like, clearly the door is locked. But even if it wasn't, I can, like, run a mile in, like, two seconds. So, like, you wouldn't get very far. <laughs> I totally <laughs> thought the same thing. <laughs> and... Uh, she reveals her magician's secret and says that's how she made it look like she disappeared. She was just like grease lightning. <laughs> and it's all thanks to Morty and this new gift he gave her. And Tessa's like, okay, I get it now. You're doing all this because you're thankful. But are your customers aware that you're completely disposable in Morty's eyes? <laughs> I, I, have you seen Zootopia before? Mm-hmm. 
I just all I hear all that Judy hops. Are your customers aware? So I say that all the time. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, you're a pawn. Yeah. In Morty's game of chest and like chess, chest. It's a chest. Chest freezer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and basically, she reminds her that he even sent Jim and Will to murder her when like he had thought that she was getting in his way. Like he he did try to kill you. Yeah. So he doesn't even that. like you. You're not his favorite, like <sighs> I am. Yeah. Mm. Must suck to be you. Yeah. <laughs> and as she says that out loud, she says Will and Jim, like the like it saying the pair of tie names reminds her of like how she left them. And she's just wondering if they're okay. And then she's able to convince herself that if something were to happen to them, she would feel it. <sighs> yeah. And Oof, apparently duh. Mrs. Black knew what she was thinking based off her facial expressions. And so just to like rain on her parade, she says, quote, to answer the question in your eyes, you wouldn't know if either of them were dead. Those pretty shadow hunter boys you like so much. How? No, no, you would not. Mm, No, No. Mm -mm. it's too right on the nose. Mm -hmm. It's too. No. Yeah, I'm not into I, that. I feel like, yeah, she she could guess that she's thinking about them. Exactly. I wonder but if not they're like, okay. You're not going to know. Right. Right. Yeah. I don't like it. Anyway, she then goes to, on to say that, like, the only way that Tessa would know if, um, like, if one of happened to one of them was with she had the pair of a trirune, like, that bond. Like, that's the only way you would know. And then she finishes with what she learned in Henchman 101. And tells Tessa that if it wasn't for strict orders that she would be brought in alive, that she surely would have made sure that Tessa was already dead. It's like, you have to say that. Uh-huh. Right. In your monologue as a henchman. Have to bring that yeah. up. <clears throat> and Tessa's like Johnny Depp's lawyer. <laughs> Don't read ahead. I'm sorry. Is this a No. Is this a no? <laughs> no, it's so good. Do it. Okay. So Tessa's like Johnny Depp's lawyers celebrating that she brought up some info. And so that way that like she can dive in and ask the questions because she brought it up. <laughs> she brought up and old shit. She, yeah. She's so, so dumb. She's, a- she's asking why Morty needs her alive. To which a disgruntled Mrs. Black answers along the lines of, Gosh, you're so annoying. I forgot how much you always ask all these questions. He wants to get some information out of you, and the whole marriage thing is still on the table. I don't know why he, like, would want to put up with you, but, like, that's his problem, not mine. As you know, you're definitely not a human, and there's a lot of locked-up potential in your powers that we tried to literally beat out of you, but you were just unwilling to learn from us. But it's cool. It's cool, dog. Morty will just basically Voldemort you and use legilimens to torture your mind into obeying. <laughs> what is that? It's like a spell where you can like get in people's minds and like oh, make cool. them go insane. Uh-huh. Oh my god. And then you have to learn oculimacy to stop it, but then you can't because your teacher's a douchebag. Oh, that's sad. It's like everybody's teenage you know growing up yeah, yeah. super relatable. i totally remember that <laughs> super relatable yeah <laughs> so tessa takes all this information in and decides that she isn't going to fold over and just give up she's going to try to convince mrs black that morty is a terrible overlord and he doesn't care about his employees at all and he's just going to be a backstabby mcstaberson the first chance that he gets this is her only hope and Mrs. Black is like, girl, I know that. Don't you think I know that? I know that. But he's got what I need, and only he can give it to me. Oh, baby, he's got what I got need. Got what I need. need. <laughs> but you say he's just an overlord. <laughs> <laughs> and Tessa's like, yeah, what's that? And in a dramatic gesture... Mrs. Black pulls off her hood and takes the cloak off, revealing what looks like an animated Ned Stark head on a spike. And the spike was attached to a robot body. It has, like, arms sticking out of it. 
And as much as I'm certain Tessa wanted to nope the fuck right out of there, she couldn't. So instead, she just screamed. <laughs> Can you imagine somebody looks right at your there. face and screams like Shadow or Silent Brothers and this bitch? They got it. <laughs> Dude. Yep. Dude, Halloween <laughs> is probably wild <laughs> with these fuckers. I just don't, like I know it's awful. So it's like even saying basically like the skin is rotted, like it's mm. dead flesh. Yeah. So it's like gray and sagging and like attached. But all I can think of is it looking very cartoony because mm-hmm. my mind just okay. can't even like bend around. So I was trying to remember how like they had done Ned Stark's head in Game of Thrones. Yeah. And I'm just like, Ugh. Because this head has been through a lot. Like this, her sister was like carrying it under her arm when the boys at one point too or something. Like yeah, it's got like thrown down stairs and shit. Yeah, (laughs) it's been fucked up. Yeah, crazy. It's crazy that her memories and stuff can still be in a rotting piece of body. I don't know, like crazy it seems some shit yeah magic i guess that's true lieutenant dan (laughs) okay oh gosh all right make sure that you've read chapter 12 ghosts on the road for next week's episode for behind the scenes content and the latest updates check us out on instagram at down world dish podcast <laughs> podcast we'll, yep we'll see you next time <gasps> bye bye, bye. bye.